How did this Iowa football team win 10 games? Trenton Biz with you here on today's Locked On Podcast. We break it down and do the Hawkeyes have any hope against the Wolverines? We break it down. Locked On. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. That's Biz, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We're available wherever you find podcasts, and you can also find us on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy biz good to see you again unfortunately we'll not be seeing you in indianapolis duty calls as coach bizgard will be manning the sidelines across central iowa over the weekend i'll uh i'll make sure to to cheer extra hard and have a couple of beers beforehand for you yeah i uh you know it'd be the ultimate uh kick in the gut to end the season that the one the one time i don't uh go chasing the Hawks around, expecting a miracle. They actually, they actually pull the miracle off, but uh, I'd be happy to, uh, happy to be wrong, but, but uh, I figured I'd save the money this year. Cause uh, it's awesome that we're going to Indy as we'll talk about Trent, the odds of us winning in India. Uh, no, no, we will get into that. Certainly here, any hope at all against the Wolverines. And it is a, a tall, tall task. But before that, it's celebrating 10 wins with this team and coming into the season. I think you were with me, biz. The expectations were very high. Uh, my FanDuel account certainly has paid out as I already got my big 10 West championship tickets that have been paid. So I put my money behind my mouth and invested in the Hawkeyes this year. I thought they were going to be a good team and they have been, but if you would have said before the season, you're going to lose your quarterback. You're going to lose your two all Big Ten tight ends. You're going to lose Cooper DeGene for the final couple of games of the season. The injuries that piled up, coupled with more futility offensively, there's no way this team is winning 10 games. And yet, here they are at 10-2 and two and a booth review away from being 11-1. and one. Yeah, I, try, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't tweet much, but uh, yeah, usually my tweets consist of uh, Hawks Day today, and that's about, about it, but... Uh... You know, after the win on Saturday, I tweeted out, you know, this, we're never going to see a season like this ever again. I mean, I, I think you can make a clear argument that this was the craziest season of Iowa football ever. I mean, go back to the very beginning. Before the season even starts, you've got the ridiculous gambling saga that was unique mm-hmm. to only the Iowa schools. And then you've got the uh, completely idiotic 25-point-per-game contract fiasco, which, again, was unique to only Gary Barta and, and, and the idiocy of his, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his going out on a high note as an athlete, athlete director with the stupidest thing of all time. And then you know, get into the season, like you said, you lose your best four players. You have the, the fair catch BS. You've got the in-season firing of the head coach's son. And, and somehow this team found a way to keep it all together. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, you look, look back at it. You, pro- I'm not sure you could script like a Hollywood script. You couldn't script a more ridiculous ending to this season, the way that it played out. I mean, the season ended with our backup kicker, who 
was only on the roster because our original backup kicker was kicked <laughs> off the team for betting yeah. on his own team, <laughs> steps in on a 20-degree day where he'd been sitting there doing nothing all day long except for freezing his butt off and steps out there and makes a 38-yard kick. I mean, it was a – I didn't realize until afterwards just how ugly the kick was, and it probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have made it from 40 yards. But, I mean, give that kid credit. I mean, yeah. literally – I've been sitting there on the sideline for three hours straight doing nothing and steps in and makes a 38 yard kick to, 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 to win the game. And I mean, that Nebraska game in general, Trent, the last two minutes, especially oh. was kind of a microcosm of the season, just absolute chaos trying to find a way for it to fall apart. And, and the team just wouldn't let it happen. I mean, you, you have to give a huge, huge, huge amount of credit to the guys on the field, because quite frankly, anybody that says the coaching staff, helped win that game on Saturday wasn't watching. They tried to give that game away with a minute to mm-hmm. go. The, the decision to call the timeout with oh. 45 seconds to go, one of the stupidest coaching decisions of all time, mm-hmm. and then you double down with an even dumber coaching decision of running, throwing a pass down the seam with a quarterback who's shown that's not a pass he can make regularly and especially isn't going to make it in third and 12 when they're sitting back and, the, you know, and just basically waiting for it to happen. So – I mean, our coaching staff actively tried to lose that game, but give a huge amount of credit to the players because from game one all year long, they've shown up every single game and just competed their asses off. And so, I mean, give a, I mean, to win 10 games, given all the circumstances, is amazing. And as an Iowa fan, you got to celebrate it. I mean, it doesn't happen all that often, especially going forward with the new Big Ten. It's probably not going to happen more than, you know, once a decade, win 10 games a year. And so enjoy it. And honestly, the last month of the season, I really, I really kind of sat back and just enjoy the chaos for what it is. I mean, it, it's been, it's been a crazy ride, but looking back at it, uh, you got to enjoy it. So, I mean, give credit to this team I and mean, we'll talk about it. I don't think they have a chance in hell on, on Saturday, but uh, for now let's focus on the positives, which is an unbelievable 10 win season given the circumstances. It really is. And, you know, one of the reasons that I want to go to Indianapolis, and I don't think I'm alone here. You mentioned the kind of way it's been over the list this last month. And after the firing of Brian Ferentz and him maintaining his job, though, through the end of the season, we talked about this after Chicago. It almost felt like a cleansing for the fan base. Look, we don't have to bitch back and forth anymore about Brian Ferentz and should he, shouldn't he, you know, those kind of things. That was lifted. And after that has been lifted, I, I think you've seen a fan base that has just been more, much more engaged and even in the ugliness has embraced the ugliness and been happy. Yes, it's not going to be pretty, but just taking what this team is for what they are and celebrating what it is. And I think it's been really a great thing for just the fan base in general to have that and you really see uh, Hawkeye fans everywhere. Let's move past all the complaining, all the back and forth that we have, and just celebrate, which has been one of the most ridiculous seasons in Iowa football history. Yeah, and I think it's really, I mean, people finally have realized, I mean, you look at Florida State, they lose just their quarterback, and they're a totally different team. I mean, we've lost, clearly, our four best players. I mean, there's pretty clear, I mean, I'm not sure you can even make an argument. I mean, Kay McNamara all Lachey and Cooper are our four best players. I mean, maybe you can make an argument for a Jay Higgins or something of that nature, given what he's done for this year. But uh, I mean, pretty clear argument. Those are our four best players and to lose all of them and to still, still find a way to get it done is, is, is pretty amazing. And I mean, we talk about it all the time, but it's, it's a, another just absolute Testament to, to Phil Parker and his amazingness. I mean, mm-hmm. 
last year when Cooper went out mid game, we were screwed. But this year when Cooper got injured five days before you give, you give Phil Parker five days to figure it out. That defense didn't look any different the last two games than it did with Cooper. I mean, they were amazing. They've given up. I saw a stat. They gave up, up three touchdowns in the last six games. That, that's absurd. And when, when you can do that, you're going to have a chance in, in any game. I mean, is our chance against Michigan high? I, absolutely not. I mean, it's, I saw somewhere they have a 97% chance of making the making the playoff, which means we've probably got a 3% chance of winning. And that, that sounds about right. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you've got a defense like ours, if you've held teams to three touchdowns in six games, you, you've got a chance. And that they do. Well, we will get into how good of a chance Iowa has in this one. What's it going to take to knock off the Wolverines? It is a tall task and even taller with the injuries, as we've talked about. Iowa, what's it going to take to pull off the shocker of the world? We'll do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is your daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers instead of having to worry about battling thousands of other players, pros, sharks, all the people with their analytics. No, you just pick more or less of a two to six player stat projection and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across both football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half combination of three and a half made and receptions. You just pick more or less of those numbers and away you go. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit the entry in less than 60 seconds. And quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prizepicks.com slash lockdown college. That's where you want to go. It's prizepicks.com slash lockdown college. And make sure you use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Trenton Biz back with you once again here on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Biz, 7 o'clock, well, probably be what, 7.25 before kickoff actually happens in Indianapolis, which means out there 8 o'clock in uh, the Eastern time zone. It'll be a late night. That means a full day of getting well lubricated for the game for me. And it is Michigan. You were there two years ago, a game where I would try the halfback pass to a fullback didn't work opportunities that game got away in the fourth quarter but what was it 14-3 um they hung around for a while that was a team that had their own limitations offensively the wheels really fell off in 2021 in the back half of the year on the offensive side of the football but this Iowa team is different and what what would be the one glimmer of hope if you had to point at one thing that gives you just that Every once in a while, you know what, maybe, just maybe, what would it be? 
the defense. I mean, our, our defense against their – I mean, they're – and more simple, the, the running games. I mean, to me, this game comes down to, to running the football. Both teams badly want to run the ball. And we have shown over the last six weeks, we, we uh, take out the the uh, Illinois game. I mean, we've we run the ball really well the last yeah. six games. And we, we've consistently ran the ball for over 100 yards. Um you know, going back to the Wisconsin game, from that point forward, we've been a pretty good running team. And Michigan's run defense is not world – it's good. I mean, everything about Michigan's good. But if yeah. they have a weakness on defense, it's run defense. And that's – I mean, we talked about this going back to the Wisconsin game. And I think I said at the time, I'm fine with us running the ball every single play against Wisconsin going into that game. And that's basically what we did. I mean, we very rarely – especially the second half, that's all we did. And I'm fine with doing that again. I mean, I'm I'm truly fine with us running the ball every play and punting. I mean, you go back two years ago, you talked about it was a 14 to three game, but I went back and looked, Trent. Michigan's first eight possessions, they had two huge plays. They had the halfback pass for the touchdown, and they had a 75 yard run for a touchdown. Their other six drives were zero points, and four of the six were three and outs. I mean, if we can do something similar to that again, where you just, I mean. Jim Harbaugh is nothing if he's not stubborn. He is a stubborn, stubborn guy, and he will continue to try to run on repeat. And I I think you and I talked about it. Halfway through the year, I thought our run defense, especially against Penn State, I was like, well, we're just not very good run defense. And, boy, has that changed. I mean, our run defense has just been phenomenal the last month. And, you know, our best hope is to make it a, uh, you know, we run it, they run it. You make it a limited possession game where both teams only get the ball, you know, seven times in the game or whatever. And then you hope for some breaks. You hope to get lucky a couple of times. You know, maybe you run that trick play, you know, a similar trick play and it works this time or, or just create some turnovers. I mean, everything has to go perfect for us to win yeah. the game. I mean, there's a reason they're 97% likely to win the game. I mean, but that 3% is, is why we're, why we're going there and it's why you're going there. So, uh, you know, let, let's, you know, be patient. Don't screw up. You know, punting, punting truly is winning in this game. I mean, it's an indoor environment. Uh, Tory Taylor should be able to punt for 50 plus yards, a punt in that type of environment and just, you know, limit the big plays. And, you know, if, if they, if they do what Penn state did, if they drive 15 plays and 75 yards, so be it. I mean, that's, yep. I mean, that, that we'll, we'll live with that, but uh, you got to limit the big plays and you got to make them just beat you with, uh, you know, four or five yards at a time. Gotta and get lucky. The real key, Trent, real honestly, is get off the field on third down. I mean, yeah, yep. you watch. I mean, Michigan is the king at getting to third and two or fourth and two. I mean, they they will pound you and pound you and pound you, and they they're confident enough to go for it in those third and fourth, you know, fourth down in short situations. You got to stop on third down, whether it's third and two, third and three. You got to win those plays. You know, it would just be so much fun. I mean, not just the angle of Cade McNamara and Eric all playing against their own team, but if this just team had a full complement here, uh, think about it from the other the other perspective. If Michigan came into this game, Iowa was healthy, and JJ McCarthy wasn't available, and Blake Corum wasn't available, and Wilson wasn't available, and one of their top defenders wasn't available. I mean, the the conversation would be just so different. And as we talked about at the top, taking those four players away from Iowa is just it, it's unthinkable. But put it in any perspective of any other team in college football, and you take away four players like that. Michigan all of a sudden looks pretty average, right? You take four players away 
like that. And and it's just, it's so disappointing in a game like this with the national spotlight that, yes, I w- if they would have got there with the full complement of players, the jokes would have been the same. It's not like this offense would have been averaging you know, 35 points a game or anything like that. We know that. And it wouldn't be a different narrative. But there at least would be some hope going into this one. And, and you do feel bad because you know how important this would have been for McNamara and all to get a shot against Michigan. Well, the ironic thing is, Trent, you know what the narrative would have been if all those, and you're right. I mean, if we had our full complement of players, it'd be a different discussion. But you know what the, the, the entire narrative would be this week? Can Brian Ferentz get 25 points? Because <laughs> if, if we'd have been healthy, we yeah. probably would have averaged, what, 20, somewhere around 25 points a game, somewhere, yeah. in, that, somewhere in that ballpark. Right. Uh, we were doing that through, you know, until McNamara got hurt and we were in that area. So we'd probably be still, and if everybody's healthy, and we're what eleven and one coming into this game. Brian Ferentz obviously doesn't get fired midseason, mm-hmm. and the conversation is, can he get to that twenty-five points? I mean, that that would be the narrative because that was the narrative up until he got fired. I mean, there was obviously people doing uh, weekly, uh, you know, the 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 hill climber going over the the cliff with the twenty-five points every week and the, the drive to three twenty-five. That's exactly what we'd be talking about right now. Is you know, what, what, where is the drive to three twenty-five? So. Uh, Honestly, I, I, in some ways, I kind of enjoy this narrative better than I do that narrative. Because like you said, that narrative just got so damn old that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be celebrating a 10-2 and two season and be looking at the positives rather than just be beating my head against the wall bitching about Brian all the time. Because that would have yeah. been the narrative. I mean, it really yeah. would have been. People would be talking about that still and talking about will he get fired, won't he get fired, should he get fired, all those, all those things. And now we don't have to deal with that part. So, But in addition to the four players you mentioned, I mean, we're also, the good news is we're getting back, it sounds like, our center, our right tackle, and two wide receivers. I mean, that tells yeah. you just how crazy the injuries have been is, I mean, all those guys sound like they're going to be back. And, I mean, we need we need every man, you know, every per, every healthy person possible needs to be able to play. And, you know, having Caleb Brown and Deontay Vines can only help because, yeah. I mean, our, our, our uh, Playmakers are limited, and at least with those two, you've got some options to consider for, you know, if you're going to run a trick play, if you're going to run a, you know, some sort of a flea flicker or something, at least having some athletes on the field to run the play will help. That helps, yeah. And Caleb Brown, you know, I, I mentioned this on the Monday podcast earlier this week, Biz. I saw the play. It was right before the drop touchdown. He got absolutely crushed by Ortworth on a crossing pattern, and sound like he was, well, dinged up. I don't think they've officially said a concussion, but you can see on that play, and, well, you can see why he dropped the ball. Because Caleb Brown, if I was going to win this football game, I believe you're probably going to have to have a defensive score. I, I believe you're going to have to be, at minimum, plus two, probably plus three in turnover margin. You have to dominate special teams. And Caleb Brown's probably going to have to have a huge performance. You know, eight catches, 100 yards, a touchdown, something like that. A couple of jet sweeps for 25, 30 yards. I mean, they're going to need that kind of performance. Somebody's got to step up in a big-time way. And out of the passing game, likely the only guy that can do it against this Michigan team is probably Caleb Brown. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's clearly showing over the last month he is our our best athlete or best weapon. Um, hopefully he is fully healthy. It sounds like he's practicing. And, and if it was, you know, if he was in the concussion protocol, I would assume he wouldn't be practicing at all if he was still in it. So I'm sure that means he's in the clear. But uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if we need to go plus two or plus three and and turnover margin we just can't be negative on the turnover margin because sure, yeah. I mean, Michigan if we go into a, a Michigan doesn't turn the ball over they're they're, I mean, they're they just very sound with the football um but we just can't 
you know, we can't make mistakes. That's why, like I said, I mean, to me, I'm I'm fine with running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, and just stay patient, and you then get into the fourth quarter and see what happens. But uh, it, it, you know, we can't. What happened two years ago can't happen again. We can't give up the the halfback pass. We can't give up the big run. We've got to keep them uh, in front of us. And you know, it can't happen. Even what happened last week? I mean, defense was phenomenal except for the one play. I mean, those types of things just can't happen. And so, I mean. It's a tall task. I mean, like I said, we're basically asking them to play perfect, but that's what it's going to take. That's where we are. We're going to make our pick for the game presented by FanDuel when we come back. Also, our lock of the week, Biz, he hit his again last time we were together. I was on the losing side of it. We'll make our lock of the week and make our pick in the Iowa-Michigan game. We'll do that as we continue on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Hawkeyes is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. As a small business owner, when you're looking to hire, I certainly understand this incredibly well. Finding those right candidates, incredibly important, and sifting through just the piles of piles of resumes and different people that are interested, it can be a very difficult and tedious task. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it, makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They've even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions and make the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Trenton Biz back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. As always, thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, Biz, time for our lock of the week. Um, there's been some interesting numbers that have also come out in the Iowa-Michigan uh, game. I I'm sure you saw that. First half numbers over under a half point. Uh, that is out there at, at a book out there. It's crazy, and it would still be difficult for me to bet the over on either half. Yeah, that's I've never seen that before. Where in advance the over under on anything is, is a half. You know, in game you'll get that every once in a while, sure. but uh, before the game, I guess to me that there, there's two of there's two numbers I like. One, I saw Michigan is 16 and a half over under the first half. I like the under in that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, I just don't think Michigan's going to come out aggressive at all. I, I think they're going to Michigan's blueprint is going to be to copy what Penn State did against us, which is just. Yeah just bully us. I mean, they're not, they're not going to want to make mistakes. They're not going to want to take risks. I they're just going to come out and say, we're better than you and we're going to bully you. And I think they'll do something similar to Penn state did. And they'll probably score, you know, 10 to 13 in the first half. So I really like the under in 16 and a half Michigan in the first half. Um, if I had to pick, I'd say the second half over mm -hmm. 0.5, just because uh, I could see us getting some garbage time points late. Um, yeah. You know, it might be, you know, yeah, but that's again, it's a sad state of uh, affairs when you're offense, when you, when you, when you get a, all you have to do is score a point and you don't feel confident about any of those bets. So, uh, but yeah, so, but what? lock of the week, lock of the week, Trent, I'm going to, uh, 
this is kind of a homer pick, but uh, my, as you know, my son goes to Boise State. But uh, yes, Boise State locked their way into the uh, Mountain West Championship game. They're playing good football. Uh, they're they've rallied under their interim coach. UNLV has stumbled to the finish line. So uh, give me Boise minus two and a half. I think they're going to kick the crap out of the Rebels. So. Really? All right. Go in to Vegas, right? That's in Vegas. Yeah, they, they've they've played really really good football the last month with the uh, you know. Getting the insider info from my son, he told me a week before that there were multiple guys that uh, strongly disliked the head coach. That he was, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if you follow Boise football at all, but their best wide receiver just quit midway mm-hmm. through the year. And a couple other guys were threatening to quit. And that's basically why they uh, fired him. And, and since they fired him, they went back to the old, they were doing a stupid two quarterback system and they stopped that and they brought in the, the athletic quarterback and they basically become a, Run, run, run the ball down your throat, team. I mean, they run the ball ninety percent of the time, and they do it well. So uh, that's my it's my lock of the week, which means uh, I'm probably probably kiss of death. So <laughs> give me Boise minus two and a half. All right, my lock of the week. I'm going to go to the SEC championship game. A lot of eyes are going to be obviously on that one. Three o'clock Central kickoff as Georgia takes on Alabama. We've seen that th- this throughout the course of the season. When Georgia has their head screwed on straight, they're incredibly good. In, in fact, they might be impossible to beat. Alabama obviously will have their attention. Alabama survives a week ago against Auburn. I, Though the improvements for Alabama have been significant, I don't know if they're significant enough to compete with this Georgia team. Uh, we've seen Carson Beck take a big step forward as well. I just don't think Alabama can keep up with them. So I'm going to take Georgia. I'll lay the five and a half and take the Bulldogs. I think I, I, think I made that same bet two years ago, Trent. And, uh, oh, that I, didn't go well. Here. Yeah, I think it was very similar. I think we made that same argument, same everything, uh-huh. and then uh, Bama whooped him. So, yeah. all right, we get into the big one. Twenty-three and a half is the number. I did find this one on FanDuel that maybe I might throw a couple of bucks on. First half tie, fifteen to one. You know, can Iowa be three-three, seven-seven at the half? Maybe at fifteen to one, I'm going to dabble on that one. A little bonus play there, and I'll throw a couple of bucks on that one. But as it pertains to the number, Biz, I just can't get there. I just cannot find a way where Iowa moves the football, puts anything up on the board enough to hang out. I think it's going to be a similar script to what we saw in the Penn State game late in the football game. And Michigan, as we saw in the championship game two years ago, they're not going to rest. With Harbaugh back on the sideline, this is going to be a team that is going to play for four quarters. And because of that, I'm going to lay it. Give me the Wolverines minus the 23 and a hook. All right, I'll I'll take the other side, Trent. I I think... Unlike two years ago, I think Michigan will rest. I think they will be very conservative in this game. I think they just want to get out of this with a W. I think two years ago, they were trying to send a message. They hadn't won a Big Ten title in however many years. I was there. It was a complete celebration. I mean, they were fired up to win a Big Ten title. This year, I think there's going to be some letdown a little bit from the Ohio State game. I think they might come out a little sluggish. I think we can fight with them, stay with them for – Maybe you know, some, like last last time. I mean, it was fourteen to three late in the third quarter last time, and then they right. you know, they put the pedal to the metal. And, and I don't think they'll do that this year. I really don't. I think I think it'll be a competitive game. I think they'll win relatively easily, but I, I think we can make it you know, twenty four to three, twenty four to six, something like that, and and, mm-hmm. and cover. But uh, with the caveat that I'm not actually betting this game. But, okay. Uh, so I, I'm. I'm uh, I, I don't in any way feel confident that we'll cover 23 and a half, but I, I see a world in which it happens. So I, I just, I, I don't think Harbaugh will run it up this time. I think he'll, if they get up by two touchdowns or more, I think they'll get their starters the heck out of the game. And I think they'll, they'll just get, get, 
you know, take their W and move on. But uh, I don't know. It, you know, part of me, that's probably just my own uh, hopefulness that we can keep it close. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, 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 again, I go back to the fact that this defense has given up three touchdowns in six games. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's an amazing stat. And Michigan is not a juggernaut of an offense. They, I mean, even against teams like UNLV and, and teams like that early in the year, they weren't putting up 60, 70 points this year. I mean, they're a very, very good offense. But they are a methodical offense. They're not – you know, they're not Ohio State with just absurd three, four wide receivers. They're just going to beat you all over the field. They're, they're going to pound it down our throats. And that's, you know, I think we can, at least for at least for a portion of the game, we can slow that down. Let's hope. Let's hope that you're right and at least get a four-quarter football game. That would be something, I think, to be celebrated, even with this Hawkeye team. A visitor final moment or two. Having said that, I, I, we are due for a Deacon Hill, like, foreign reception trainer. Uh-huh. Also. I mean, yeah. it, it, there's a... He's pretty loose at the football, and that's that's, that's probably not a good uh, probably not a good sign. But you know my love for Deacon. I, I still uh, I do until until he has that fourth turnover game. I'm going to keep right keep riding Deacon Hill, man. That guy, uh, he, he's been dealt a, a difficult hand this year, and he's handled it really well. So, all right, Biz, last uh, minute or two here, and uh, quick hoops thoughts from you over Thanksgiving. Iowa loses on the men's side to Oklahoma, bounces back at Seton Hall. They take on North Florida tonight. They should dominate in that one before uh, next week with Purdue and Iowa State on tap, Michigan after that. A really important week. And the women's side, uh, avenge their loss against Kansas State down in Florida. Yeah, you know, you and I are on a text chain with a group of friends, and, and we have multiple friends that really dislike the Iowa men's basketball team this year. I, I'm on the opposite side. I like this team. I, 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 I didn't like them against this season with low expectations. I still think they've got some flaws, but they play hard. I mean, Honestly, defensively, this is probably one of Fran's better teams in the last. I mean, they, the young guys especially, they at least put in an effort on defense. And I think Cricky's a pretty good defensive player. And I don't know. I mean, they are what they are. They're not going to win the Big Ten. They're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament. But I think they're going to be competitive all year long. And I think they'll they'll surprise some teams. And I don't know. If, if you came into this season expecting 20-plus wins, then you're not going to like this team. But if you came into it and you look at it, I mean, I talked about before, I just think every guy on this team has a role. And I think the young guys especially have some talent. I mean, I, I just look at this and I'm like, hey, this team, they can keep everybody together and, you know, not have people enter the transfer portal. I, I don't, late this year, early next, you know, next year, this team's got some talent. They can be a good team down the road. And the good, uh, good thing is also, the Big Ten stinks this year. After Purdue, this conference is going to be bad, and there might be a real opportunity for this team to pile up 11, maybe 12 wins in the conference and, at minimum, get to a tournament. But that's a long way ahead. Biz, we will talk to you next week. Best of luck to the girls here in the capital city, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, go Hawks.